Bang on. Bang on. First of all, you know, just uh, it's great to be here tonight, and uh, awesome to know that uh, God is on the throne, man, and he is in control of everything, and it's just awesome to be here tonight and share some things that happened today with me, and how God let me be involved in a situation, and it was just uh, really awesome, and went down the hill today, had to do a few things and stuff, and as I was coming back, got off the off-ramp at uh, Silverwood there on 138 and 15th, and I saw this dude, and he was out there with his dog, you know, he was kicking back, and he did sign and stuff. And so I was hungry, and I wanted to go McDonald's. Now they serve breakfast all day, so <laughs> <laughs> so I went up there, got some breakfast, and, and I thought to, you know, thought to myself, hey, man, like, I should maybe get this dude something to eat, you know, so... Grabbed him an egg McMuffin, and and that if you're familiar with that area, you can't really just like drop it off there. You have to like park and walk over there. So, so I did that and walked over there with it. And he saw me coming with it, and his eyes were just like, "Yeah, man," <laughs> and it was cool. So he, uh, so you know, I just came up to him, and man, my heart just like broke for this guy, you know. And it was just like, you know, he was. Just in, you know, just dire straits. You know, what I mean, hard times. And uh, and so he said, you know, thank you for the for the egg McMuffin. And I was like, you're welcome. You know, and, and then we got a chance to talk for a little bit, and um, and it was just amazing how the Lord set this up, and and um, how his just how God's timing is perfect all the time. And when I say perfect. You know, I looked that up, and it's just, like, impeccable timing. Like, it's, it, there's no better than that. There's nothing better than his timing. And I've seen people, and I'm sure everybody else has seen people, when you drive off the freeway and you're like, you know, you just keep going, you know. And it's not every time that God speaks to you or speaks to your heart and says, hey, you know, like, do something about it. You know what I mean? So today he did, and, you know, um, so anyway, I was talking to the guy and and uh, sharing him, you know, sharing with him some stories about my life and like a little bit of my testimony with him, not much, you know, but um, it was just amazing. He, uh, I asked him, you know, we started talking first and we're grubbing on our food and, and uh, people were coming by and you could tell he's kind of like, oh man, dude, I'm losing money, I'm losing money, I'm losing money. <laughs> and you're like, you know, so I... I but it was like God just put it on, you know, and it was like he just let me just talk to him. And so after I was done, you know, like kind of breaking the ice with him a little bit and stuff like that, you know, and and he um, I said, what do you know about Jesus, man? And he goes, ah, you know, I know a little bit. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, at least, you know, a little bit, you know, and, and he was uh, I said, would you like to know more? And he, yeah. I don't know, you know, and he's kind of like, you know, he's looking around. He's like, I don't know, man. And, and I'm like, hey, dude, it's cool, you know. Like, you don't have to, you know. I mean, it's your choice, you know. I'm just talking to you. And, and so anyway, the Lord put it on my heart to just continue talking with this guy. And and um, and to make a long story, yeah, they only got like probably a minute left. Right. So to make a long story <laughs> short, um, I uh, <laughs> I was able to lead him to the Lord, and and he. Uh, got salvation today and you know it's just amazing to be involved in that that God let me do that and you know given being able to be up here and, and giving him all the glory and praise for that is just it's amazing how when you think that in your everyday life you know whatever it may be a secretary a nurse um, drive through at McDonald's subway wherever you're working and you think that your efforts aren't being set forth man every single person every single person has a unique gift and blessings that god has blessed us with you know and that's what helps us all make up that body of christ you know if, if we all had the same abilities 
we wouldn't be able to reach the people that we're reaching on a daily basis, you know? And then we'd be like a, man, we'd be like an amputeed body of Christ if we all had like the same gift, you know? So as our gifts are all together, we're just formed into one body, you know? And it's just, I, I, I want you guys to just really, my heart is that, you know, if God's speaking to you, do it. And don't wait. You know, if, if he's saying, hey, look, if you're in staters, man, and you're shopping and someone's like, you get a conversation struck up and, you know, and you're getting ready to put the milk in your cart, man. You know what I mean? Stop. Stop what you're doing, man, and pray with them and help them to get salvation. Do it now, you know, like while the time is here because it is short, you know. We don't have, we don't know how our days are numbered. And, but um, use your gifts, you know, I was able to be in a certain spot this time. There was a time a couple months ago I was able to lead someone else to the Lord, and that was because of my work and what I do. And I led this lady to the Lord in the backyard of her house while I was doing a plumbing job at her house. And it's just being called. We are all called to do that, you know. And I know we get comfortable, and we want to just maybe not reach out as much. But every time we reach out, these people need it. And they need it like how we needed it before we got it. And now that we have it, we need to display it and just push out there, man, and get it moving. So thank you for, I could talk forever, but thank you. Yes, you can. You know, my, my job as a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And when I hear stuff like that going on because again unless you tell me i have no clue what 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 you're able to do <clears throat> and so i i was just blessed today man i just rejoice giving god the glory that god uses us as a church to reach out because i couldn't reach the guy that he reached today because i wasn't there and just to know that that god is is moving us as a church to go deeper to go deeper and not be satisfied with the status quo, you know, of just being a Christian. It's like, no, go deeper, man. Put yourself out there. Put your hand out there and see what God does. And God will blow your mind. Let's pray. Father, thank you once again, Lord God, for using us as a church. And God, uh, to be able, Lord God, to uh, bring salvation to someone, Lord God, to be a vessel uh, for your honor and for your glory, Lord God. We pray for this man. God, today, tonight, Lord God, wherever he's at, Lord God, you would be ministering to him and just speaking to him and ministering to him by your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord God. And I pray for my brothers and sisters that you continue to put them in situations, Lord. Put them in those situations where they will either have to be obedient or disobedient to what your Spirit says. And so, Lord, we pray that, God, we would desire to be obedient, Lord, even if we're scared, that we would do it, Lord. And give you the praise, the glory, and the honor because you deserve it all, Lord. Because you use people like us, people that have been messed up and broken, and you've uh, put us together. And we just ask that, God, you would continue to use us as a, as a church, Lord, and as your body. Bless your holy name. Bless your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are back in First uh, Samuel. Last week, Pastor Daniel was able to uh, share... Chapters 24 and 25, two of my favorite verse, or chapters, and I shouldn't have let them do it because they are a favorite of mine. And so I decided that tonight we're just going to recover all of it. We're going to redo it because I, I heard his message and it's like, man, you missed this, you missed that, you missed... No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but man, oh man, it was just a, a powerful study that he was able to share I hope you were here. If you weren't, uh, go online and listen to it. Uh, it's powerful. And so, uh, again, God, God just used that. Um, but in chapter 25, at the end of chapter 25, we finished off, or Pastor Daniel finished off with the death of Nabal and, uh, and, and David blessing the Lord, blessing the Lord for taking care of that situation and not allowing him to take vengeance and revenge on this fool on this scoundrel of a man, um, and uh, d uh, the Lord stopped him. And I'm sure uh, after he heard about the death of Nabal, he also blessed the Lord th thinking, hey, I get the girl. Um, 
because apparently she was nice looking. And uh, after he died, he died, he went and proposed to her and had her become his wife. And uh, and so um, along the way, um, he had picked up another wife along along the way, uh, um, a M, a M. And um, as he's picking up wives, his first wife was taken from him, from her dad, giving her to another man. And as I was thinking about this, you know, bringing on wives and a wife leaving, I thought, man, that would make a great reality series, you know, uh, in this day and age. But, but, but in reality, this, this whole thing was made to, to hurt David. It was, made, it, it was done to discourage this man and to cut him deep. And I, I truly believe that, that he was cut deep because of this. All, all, all this stuff that, that Saul did against him, and he had saved his life. He, he, he didn't take his life from him, and, and, and he, he spares his life, and this guy still turns around and does evil to him. And that's where we leave off. And so we're in 2 Samuel chapter 26 this evening. Once again, we're going to try to cover two chapters. And so it says in verse 1, Now the Siphonites... Um, the Siphonites came, Siphites, and came uh, to Saul at Gibeah, uh, saying, Is David not hiding in the hills of Hilkiah, uh, opposite Hil- Jeshiah? I'm going to mess up all these names, you know. I, I, I get so self-conscious of these things. I practice them, and I mess them up, so I'm sorry. But anyways, um, and, and so in, in verse 2, he says, Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, uh, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped in the hills of Hekilah, um, which is opposite this other place by the road, but David stayed in the wilderness and saw that Saul came after him in the wilderness. David therefore sent spies out, sent out spies, and understood that Saul was indeed had indeed come. Now the Ziphites, we'd seen them before back in chapter twenty-three, verse nineteen, and they did the same exact thing. They came and they dropped a dime, um, kind of ratted him out, ratted David out of where he was at. And, and it's almost like these Ziphites, they, they kept on buttering up to the king. It's, it's almost like, like they just wanted to curry favor with the king. And, and I, I could almost guarantee that these people did not like Saul all that much because of what he had been doing to David. And, 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 and mostly everybody in the kingdom knew that David was a righteous man and knew that he was doing what was right and that he was now on the run. And because the Ziphites did not want to um, incur the wrath of King Saul, they, they didn't want to get on his bad side. They, they were willing to go and tell Saul and his men, hey, David is out here in this region once again. And so... Uh, Hakila uh, was in the area of Ziph where these people came. And these people were seeing all this stuff play out. They, they'd seen the, the, the people of David because he had 600 men with him. And, and, and you can't just hide 600 men, you know. And so when they're traveling, you can see whereabouts they're at. And, and, and Saul, you know, ha- uh, having him call, come out with 3,000 men, again, they're seeing this whole thing play out as they're either in the valley or they're up in the hills and they're seeing all of this take place. And so they, they didn't want to get caught in the middle. They didn't want their people hurt. And so instead of getting into all the drama, they just go and drop a dime on this guy and say, hey, man, I think he's over there. Go take care of it. You know, I'm sure they were done with, with all of this that was going on. And so once again, Saul takes his elite group of men, his special forces, if you will, to go seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. But David had his spies out there, and they're watching Saul's every move. 
<clears throat> all of this, of, of what's going on, all of this is being used in David's life to prepare David to become a great commander of the army of Israel. Again, he already has a group of men with him, but before that, he was, he, he was a commander over people in the army of Saul until he left, and, and now he was a fugitive, but he had these guys following with him. And so he is strategic in, in the way he does things. He's learning as he goes, but all of this is a school for him. Even him being on the run, having to run from this man that, that is his father-in-law or was his father-in-law, um, he, he is, he is all, God is using this for his life. Now, this is not like a practice game, you know, war games. This is real life. This is happening in the life of, da, uh, of David. And, and if Saul could, he would kill David any way he could. He would not hesitate to kill David. He, he had him in his scopes, in the crosshairs, and, and he's coming after him. And David is just trying to, to, to stay one step ahead of him or come up behind him, but figure out where everything is happening. And so it's teaching David how to be strategic when he becomes commander-in-chief. And so now that they are all settled down into their positions, it, it, it doesn't seem that even though Saul knows that he's in the vicinity, he doesn't know exactly where David is at. He doesn't know his location, although David does. David knows exactly where he is, he is staying, where he is encamped. And so in verse 5, it says, So David arose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, and Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of, the, of his army, now Saul laid within the camp with the people uh, encamped around him. Then David answered and said to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and to Abishai, Abishai the, uh, the son of Zeruiah, uh, brother of Joab, saying, um, Who will go down with me to Saul to, to the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David said, and Abishai came to the people by night, and there Saul laid sleeping within the camp, and his spear stuck to the ground by his head, and Abner and the people laid around him. And Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into, into your hand this day. Now, therefore, please let me strike him at once with the spear right to the earth, and I will not have to strike him a second time. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, Furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed, but please take now the spear and the jug, the jug of water that are by his head and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head and they got away and no man saw or knew it or awoke for there were all, they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. Now, this is a similar situation that Daniel covered last week in, in chapter 24. Uh, and, and some have tried to, to prove the fact that this account um, in this chapter is, is an adaptation or a, a revision of what happened in chapter 24. But the evidence is, is, is so different of, of what's going on. It's it, 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 it's not the same. For, for one, the, the locations are different. The, the, the location in chapter 24, they were in En Gedi, close to the, close to the Dead Sea. And, and this time, they're, they're here in, in, the, in the wilderness of Ziph over by uh, Hekiah, Hekela, or whatever it is. I'm going to blow it. The time was different. Last time it was day. This time it's night. The activity was different. 
Saul came into the cave. Here, David goes to the camp. David's response is different. Last time he had cut off the, 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 the robe of Saul, and this time he, he takes the spear and a jug of water. And in David's words, those are different. different. As we will see in a bit, he spoke to Saul last time directly. Here he speaks to Abner and to Saul. And so it's, it's different. But people were trying to say, no, it's the same thing. It's just a, a little different variation. It's like, no, it's completely different. It's another experience. And this second experience with Saul was certainly more daring. The first one, they were hiding, and he comes in, and it's almost like, okay, now they have to react. But on this one, David is, is moving on and going into the enemy's camp. He's going actually in there. Now, I really don't know why David is doing this. There, there's nothing he has to prove. Uh, I'm not quite sure why he would even attempt to go do this, except maybe to show his men once again that he respects the office of the king. Because it, to me, it is quite possible that his men were still kind of down with the fact that, that he had not taken Saul's life at the cave. I'm sure there was still murmuring going on because, man, we had him in our grasp and you let him escape with his life from the cave of Engedi. And now Saul is back on our trail. And all this could have been done, David. All this could have been done if you would have just killed them because God brought them into you. And you're talking about, I'm not going to you know, raise my hand or, or stretch my hand against the Lord's anointed. It's like the Lord delivered him to you. And maybe here, he, he is just showing his men once again that, no, I respect this guy. I respect his office. And even though he comes against me, I will not lay a hand upon him. But be that as it may, David arose and came to the place where Saul was encamped. And David could see how the sleeping arrangements are. It's almost like he could see where the spear is at. Even though it's dark, he could see kind of what's going on. And David or, or Saul and Abner are in the middle and everybody is surrounding him, almost by layers and stuff. And it's like, that is like impenetrable unless the Lord is involved in this. There's no way that you're going to get in and, and, and be able to touch the Lord's anointed or the king right in the middle. Not when it looks like this big old cinnamon roll, you know, and you're just cutting away at the layers and getting in until you get to the good juicy part. But, you know, where, where he lays, you know. Um, but, but it's almost like a, a suicide mission here. And David says, who, who, who will go down with me? As he's talking to the priest, Ahimelech, and then Abishai says, I will go. I will go with you. He steps forward. Abishai is the kind of guy that you want on your team. When he knows, it's like, man, it is totally impossible. But I'm going down there, David says. And he says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Whatever it takes, I am with you. Those are the kind of guys that you want ministering next to you. <laughs> well, if you're in war, you want them. But even in ministry, those are the kind of guys that, are, that, that you're going, man, I have this vision. I believe God wants it. It's like, we're with you, man. Let's go for it. Let's go do it. You know, let, let, let's, let's, let's jump in right, right in the middle. It's a crazy plan, but let's go do it. If God is in it, man, he's going to deliver us. And so knowing how dangerous this mission is, Abishai goes, I will go down with you. Now, this Zeruiah, Zeruiah, this is David's sister. That's his sister. Couldn't have gave her a, a decent name like Ashley or something. It's like Zeruiah. And so Abishai and Joab are David's nephews here. And they also happen to be part of David's mighty men. David was the youngest of his family. And so it's quite possible that some of his nephews were about his age. And so these guys are warriors. And they have come in and they are with David. And they are willing to risk their lives for their uncle. They are willing to go on this crazy mission. And we know that the Lord is involved in all of this because he is the one that causes a deep sleep 
to fall upon these guys. And, and, and I like that because God is able to put to sleep anybody he wants, when he wants, how he wants. And because David was going to teach his men, especially Abishai, another lesson, the Lord was in on it, and he causes these people to fall asleep. And I love that because oftentimes when, when we're in situations, we're going, Lord, prepare the people, you know, that we, and he can put them to sleep. He can put them in a, in a, in a, in a, a funk almost, you know, to where it's like, whoa, we just got through it. Everything's cool, you know, especially like going down to the border or something, you know, it's like, not that you should be smuggling everything, anything, but, but, you know, I, I've heard that even, even like guys that are smuggling Bibles into China and stuff, they're always praying, Lord, do something to these people. And man, they've, they've like look at it and it's like, come on in. And it's like, God, if God is in it, he, he could work in other people's lives, even if they're not believers, to put them to sleep or to blind their eyes for a time or whatever the case may be. But we see that, again, it is no way possible to penetrate this camp, but the Lord is in it. And we see that, that, De, uh, that Saul has a spear right next to his head. I mean, he goes nowhere without this spear. But why shouldn't he? He is the king. And that spear is, is a symbol of authority, and he is the guy in authority. And so if, if other people had their spears, they might have had to lay him down. But he, his is stuck to the ground. So you know that's the king. That's the guy with authority. But he doesn't go anywhere without that. And you know, and I, I thought about that. I said, where are the watchmen? Why, why aren't they, oh, he caused a deep sleep even if there was a watchman out there. He, they were all falling asleep. And Abishai says to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hands this day. In other words, David, if you can't see this by now, <laughs> it is so obvious to everybody else that God wants to kill this guy. Because his hand is, uh, is not upon him. And you're the only one that talks about this anointing that he has. And that anointing's been gone for a while, David. Just kill him. And Abishai says, God has delivered this man to you. You see, Abishai calls Saul David's enemy. But David doesn't, st doesn't see him as his enemy. He still sees him as the Lord's anointing. He still respects this man. Even though this man has tried to kill him, has tried to hurt him, has taken his wife away. I mean, if you were David, you're probably going, you're right, Abishai. You are absolutely right. This guy has done so much to me, and I believe that God has brought him, and so I'm ready to kill him. And this is where we need to be careful, because here... One of his closest men, Abishai, who is so brave and courageous that he could kill anybody. He probably doesn't, you know, he probably doesn't care about that. It's like, no, this is my job, man. I, I'm here to protect you, David. And this is where we need to be careful. Because he sees him as David's enemy, and David still sees him as the anointed of the Lord. And we need to be careful that we don't drink other people's poison. Even well-meaning people. When, when, when God has spoken to you about a certain situation or a certain person, and somebody's going, yeah, but there's this, 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 and that, you know? And you're going, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to look at them that way. I, I, I believe this, this, and they're going, come on, man, are you blind to it? It's like, they probably see, David probably saw, yeah, he's acting like an enemy, but I'm not going to drink your poison here, Abishai. We need to be careful because even those people that are well-meaning, they might look at somebody a little different than what the Lord has laid on you to look at them, to have more compassion. And they're going like, no, nah, man, we need to cut them off right now. And it's like, be careful. Be careful that we don't drink the poison of other people because they're looking at another direction and, and you're going, yeah, but you're not seeing this part of it. And even though Saul is acting like an enemy to David, and he had every right, he had every right to view Saul like everybody else did. But just because he had every right, does it make it right? No, it doesn't. 
even if you have every right to hate someone in your life because of what they have done to you in the past or in the present, if God says you look at them with compassion and you, you, they are not your enemies and if you count them your enemies, then you pray for them. You do good to them. You come and bless them. And if they are hungry, you feed them. And if they are thirsty, you give them something to drink. If they're acting like an enemy, then you do what, what Matthew chapter 5 tells you to do. Right? And, and, and some well-meaning brother or sister is going, but they have hurt you and they will hurt you again. And yet if God says, you have compassion and don't listen to the other people, you do what I have told you. Because again, this scenario here, just like the other time, man, they're going, man, he brought them right to you, man. He had to use a restroom in that cave, and you kill him while he's vulnerable. <laughs> you just do him in. It's like, no, I can't. He even felt bad for cutting off part, part of the robe. Again, a symbol back then of, of his kingdom was going to be cut away. Here he takes his staff or his spear. Your authority is taken away, David. Water that would sustain you, man, that's getting taken away too. If God has us view even our enemies with compassion, then we have compassion on them, no matter what other people are telling you. And Abishai uh, here, he knew that David wouldn't do it. And he says, David, just give me the permission, man. I won't, have to, I, I won't have to do it a second time, man. I am that good. I will pin him to the earth, man. And our troubles are over. And he's probably thinking, see, it, it could have been over a while back, but you didn't let me do anything. But maybe, maybe it, it would have been different if, Paul, if Saul was awake. It might have been different because this would have been such a cheap shot to take him out while he's sleeping. But you know, Saul probably wouldn't have even hesitated <laughs> to kill David if he caught him sleeping. As a matter of fact, he sent people to go kill him while he was in his bed. David just couldn't allow it to happen. Abishai would have been guilty of killing a defenseless man even though his spear was there. It wasn't in his hand. He wasn't awake. And so it's almost like he's taking care of Abishai. It's like Abishai... You're zealous, man. I love that enthusiasm. But not right now. Not right now. When we're in battle, kill him. But not right now. David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives. David knew, man, that the Lord was in on this. He says, as the Lord lives, man, God is going to take care of him. God, he is not my problem. God will take care of Saul. I, 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 again, I just think like David, David maybe saw all of this as a training camp for him going, I need to be patient here. I know I could get in the flesh. I did it last chapter. I know I could get in the flesh right now, but I'm not. I'm seeing things the way God wants me to do it. And so as the Lord lives, God will take care of him. Whether, whether he, he dies of, of, of old age or, or the Lord strikes him or, or his day will come or his, he's in battle and, and he perishes, God will take care of that. And, and little did he know that in a few years, a couple of years, David would, or Saul would be dying in battle. But he says, now nah, God forbid that we do this. Let's just take the spear and, and, um, and the jug of water and let's, let's just move on from here. And so David takes off in verse 13. It says, Now David went over to the other side and stood on top of the hill far off, a great distance between, uh, being between them. And David called out to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, uh, Ner saying, Do you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who are you? Calling out to the king. So David said to Abner, are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded the Lord your king? For one of the people came in to destroy your Lord the king. This thing that you have done is not good. 
as the Lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not guarded your master and the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jug of water that is by his head. And it's almost like here David can showboat a little bit, man. He can spike the football a little bit and kind of get on Abner. He's not going to... He's not going to come against Saul, but he's coming against Abner. Abner, your job is to protect the king, and you deserve to die. You deserve to die because you did not protect him, because somebody came in. He didn't even identify himself, and Abner has no clue who he is. But he says, a a person came in to kill your king, and you did not protect him. And so in verse 17, it says, Then Saul knew David's voice and said, Is that your voice, my son, David. And David says, it is my voice, my Lord, O king. And he said, why does my Lord thus pursue his servant? For what have I done or what evil is in my hand? Now, therefore, please let my Lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If the Lord has stirred you up against me, let me accept Uh, Let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, uh, may they be cursed before the Lord, for they have driven me out this day from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go and serve other gods. So now do not let my blood fall on the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea, as, as when one hunts a partridge in the mountains. If, if you were here last week, and, and, and David calls out, and they're having this dialogue, David calls Saul his father. And Saul calls him his son. And here we have the same thing. Is that, my, is that your voice, my son? It's like, Really? Really? How long are you going to keep this up? You just like divorced him from your family by giving his, your daughter to another man. Is that you, David, my son? And notice that David doesn't respond as calling him his father this time. David understands what's happened. He knows, but he still respects him. He doesn't call him father, but he calls him the Lord, my king. He continues to, to respect this man. Because he's not the son-in-law anymore. And again, here's another reason why David should be bitter. Why David should be angry and mad at this man. And yet he refuses to hurt the Lord's anointed. And once again, David wants to know what has he done to Saul. That he hates him that much that he, he keeps on pursuing him going after him. He says, if the Lord has stirred you up against me, if I have broken one of the laws of Moses, something, tell me what it is. I will repent. I will fix it right now. Because if there's something I have done, I will remedy it by asking the Lord for forgiveness and I'll ask for forgiveness from you. But he says, but if it's the people, if there's people that that, that are saying these things, quit drinking the poison. (laughs) You're hearing all these things about me, and I haven't done anything, not against you, the king, not against the kingdom. And yet, these people keep on telling you that I'm doing this or that. May the Lord curse them. And the Lord will curse you for drinking that poison. And guys, we, again, we need to be careful when other people are saying things that we would not be caught up in the gossip or, or in the bitterness of somebody else. Because it's so easy to do that. How many times have we been mad at somebody for no reason just because our buddy or our brother or our sister is upset at that person so we should be upset? It's like, no. David's going, no. Quit hearing these people. I have done nothing against you. But these men have muddied the waters so much that David says, man, I have missed out. I've missed out on the blessings. I've missed out on the inheritance of the Lord. And and in in, in essence, they have told me to get out and go worship other gods because I can't be in in the presence of the tabernacle where I should be worshiping. I'm I'm a fugitive. 
And he says to the king, he says, man, you've come out to seek me. You've wasted your time. Like somebody would waste the time going and hunting down a flea. Because I'm nothing. Why would you waste so much time, Saul? You've made this into a sport like you would be hunting uh, partridges. You've made it into a sport. And it's almost like, man, Saul has, has put so much effort, so much effort in fighting and chasing after David. But that's what bitterness does. It focuses everything on this person to where you're just like seething. And you can't think straight. And David's going, I'm nothing. I'm not even your son-in-law anymore. Just leave me alone. And he's going, no, until I kill you. And guys, oftentimes when we get caught up in bitterness, when we get caught up in anger, and and, and just, just being wrathful towards people, man, it, it just brings us to a place where we can't even think straight and we're going after a flea and you're wasting your time in that. Now, just to let you know, we're not going to get to chapter 27. Just to set your mind at ease right now. 21, verse 21. It says, Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son, David, for I will harm you no more because my life was precious in your sight this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. And David answered and said, Here is the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I did not stretch my hand against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as my as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord. And let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, May the Lord bless you, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went his way and Saul returned to his place. It's almost like there's this ray of hope. (laughs) This time of sanity for Saul. I said, man, dude, I have blown it. I have sinned so bad right now. (laughs) And you're thinking, okay, he gets it finally, you know? But it seems like David is going, I'm not buying it, bro. You've said sorry way too many times, man. I've heard that from you, and you're after me to kill me once again. And you would have killed me if you had the chance. But God stopped it all, man. And he has seen God's hand upon this whole thing. And it's a sad thing when a person can't believe you anymore because you've done it way too many times. And that's where David is with Saul. And it's quite possible that Saul's like really, really repentant here. It's quite possible. But David's going, no. He says, come back. (laughs) He's probably going, not on your life. Even though he has a spear, he's giving them back the spear. He's like, dude, he's trying to kill you with that same spear. Just keep it. But he still honors him. He's saying, here, here's your authority. Here's your authority back. Send a young man, and I'll give you back what I've taken. But just to show you, man, that the Lord did deliver you into my hands. And it's interesting because he's going, but I'm not going to stretch my hand against the Lord's anointed. But I see that the Lord, had, he, he placed you right there dead. Your spear, bink. Could have killed you right there, bro. But I didn't do it. Your life was valuable in my sight. And he doesn't say, man, that my life would be valuable to you. He says, no. He says that my life would be valuable in the eyes of the Lord. And the Lord will deliver me out of all the tribulation. Everything. And Saul says, may the Lord bless you. Because you're going to do great things. 
You're going to do a lot, you know. And it kind of goes back to what he said back in verse 20 of chapter 24 when Saul, again, repenting, says, and I know, and now I know indeed that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established by your hand. Again, he's confirming, man. David, it's all yours, man. I have sinned. I have messed up. And guys, here's one of the saddest moments. (laughs) Here's one of the saddest moments that Saul defines his whole life in verse 21. He defines his whole life by saying, Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. Saul had focused so much on getting David and his bitterness had taken so much. His pride was so up front, man, that he says, I have played the fool. It's like, that's your life. Put that on your tombstone, Saul. You have played the fool because you missed out on the blessings that God had for you. You know why? Because your bitterness, your bitterness took you and, and, and just ruined everything. And you were the fool. You played the fool and you erred exceedingly because you could not let it go. <laughs> Guys, that's why God tells us that we need to forgive just like we've been forgiven. Because when we don't forgive, then we play the fool. We think that, 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 that if we drink the poison, they will die. And it's like, no, you're going to drink the poison, you're going to die, you're going to miss out on the blessing. But oftentimes we think, well, I'm going to hate them so much, I'll drink this poison, and I wish that they die. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't work that way. You're the one that misses out on the blessings. And Saul missed out on so many blessings. He, he could have been a great king. And he could have done really good knowing that he was not of the tribe of Judah that would be the dynasty that would live on forever, but he could have established a good kingdom and then handed it over to David. Because even his son, uh, Jonathan, knew, David, I will be your second man. I will come alongside of you because there is humility on that side. But what a sad commentary to come to the end of your life and think, man, I have played the fool. Guys, life is too short to be bitter on a regular basis like this. Bitterness, if it's not dealt with, will grow into anger and evil speaking and clamor and malice. It really will. And that's Saul. That was Saul's life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse, I think it's 30, or 31, I don't know. <clears throat> Talks a, a, about that. And I often share this with people because it's really important. Verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And I often tell people when I'm dealing with them in this situation, you can live in one or two places. You can live in verse 31. Or you can live in verse 32. It's up to you. Because God is willing and able to take away the bitterness of your heart if you confess it. He is able to take away all the evil speaking and the clamor and the anger and the malice and be malicious, all those things. And so we can live in that, even as Christians. See, Paul, Saul had this anointing upon him at one time, and yet he, bit, he was bitter all the time. He fought against the Lord all the time. It's almost like that spirit didn't fit him. The distressing spirit fit him well because he liked being angry. He liked the drama in his life. And there's people that just, they just cannot be happy unless they cause someone to fall or they hate somebody. Guys, that should not be us because <laughs> you will play the fool. You'll play the fool and if you live in bitterness trying so hard to to, to, to keep that hatred up, to get back at people or to pay them back for what they've done to you. Again, man, if, if you have enemies in your life right now, read, read Matthew chapter 5. <laughs> it goes against your grain, totally, against humanity. 
But if you have the Spirit of God in you, man, then why can't you love your enemies? Why can't you do good for them? Why can't you pray for them? Why can't you bless them? I know it's hard. It's not easy. <laughs> but it is doable. Because God says it, it is. His Word tells us that it is. And so David, David gives us a great example again. Now, he, he's not going to go be besties with Saul again. And I really wanted to get to verse or chapter 27, but we're not going to get there. Anyways, let's just close. Uh, this is a great thing, but it's like, ah, forget it. Let's just pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time. <clears throat> Once again, Lord God, showing us uh, what it means, Lord God, to be in tune with what you want. Lord, it would have been really easy for David to hear Abishai and, and, and to, to kill a, a, a man that was asleep. It would have been so easy for him because of all the hurt, all the bitterness that he had been carrying or could have been carrying. But yet, Lord God, for some reason, Lord, you were working in his life and he wouldn't even let somebody else be guilty of killing a, a, a helpless man at the time. And so, Lord, thank you for examples like this in our life, Lord. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here, Lord God. Lord, I don't know what they're battling. I don't know if, if tonight, Lord God, they came and man, you just struck them in the heart because they've been bitter. They've been angry. They've been mad. They felt like they had the right <laughs> to hurt someone. I pray that you would bring conviction upon their heart right now, Lord. That they would repent. That, Lord, they would not allow this bitterness, Lord, to grow in their hearts, Lord. That they would humble themselves before you. That you would break them, Lord. That they might be humbled work in the lives of our people here. Help us, Lord, to extend that mercy that you have given to us, to others. To extend that grace and that forgiveness, Lord, that we, we want bad. <laughs> Help us to give that to others. And we love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand as we uh,